I'm your host, Aaron Groves, and welcome to the Pop Podcast. Well, hey, 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 guys, and welcome back to the Pop Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Groves, and we are jumping right back in to the guest episodes after a few solo episodes. I am taking us right back into one of my favorite top- topics, which is entrepreneurship. And I'm going to give a little shout out to Audrey. She actually referred me to this week's guest who has another incredible story in the food industry world. So Eileen Chen, welcome to the podcast. Say hello. Hello. Thank you so much for welcoming me, Erin. I'm so excited to be here. We are so excited. I am so excited to have you. And she is the CEO of Power Up Foods, which is a bunch of caffeinated treats, I guess, if you will call them. Yeah. Um, I am going to be trying them. So I will let everyone in the audience know my feedback on them. I'm sure I'll love them. Big caffeine girl over here. Um, But I want you to give the audience a little bit of background on who you are as the face behind Power Up Foods. Yeah, of course. Um, So yeah, my name's Eileen. I am originally from San Diego, California, and then went to school at Duke in North Carolina, spent some time in New York and Boston, and then ended up moving to Austin, Texas during the height of the pandemic. I was living in San Francisco at the time, um, where I really started to tinker around a bit and get started with what is now known as Puffs or Power Up Foods. Um, So yeah, that's kind of a quick little geographic about me in terms of where I've been in my life. but yeah, I, I'm the founder of Puffs. I started the brand early last year, uh, 2021. Um, but the idea came way before then. I feel like I was not, I don't know if I want to say destined to work in health and wellness, but I've always been a little bit kind of curious and interested in the field. I've been reading, you know, health and wellness blogs since eighth grade. I um, have always been the that friend to encourage everyone to go to, you know, morning workout classes and things like that. And so my interest in the field has always been um, pretty peaked. And yeah, at the height of the pandemic decided, you know, let's let's just try this and um, launched my own food business. But the idea really came about um, through personal experience back when I was working in finance and tech. Take us back through that journey a little bit from being in the tech world and why you made the move into entrepreneurship. Yeah, definitely. So I was working in finance right out of graduation in New York and was working really long hours, like 12 to 15 hours a day sometimes. Um, before eventually transitioning to tech, where I also worked a pretty demanding job. And I was always, I would say, addicted to coffee was probably the right word, even though I didn't love the taste of coffee at all. I always found it really bitter and it had, you know, made my stomach a little bit queasy and I always felt a little bit anxious, but felt like I almost needed to drink it to stay, you know, engaged at my, my desk job and productive. And I would have three or four cups of coffee a day. 
Um, and I actually ended up going to the emergency room uh, back when I was in New York from drinking too much coffee one day, which we know would not recommend to anyone. I had, I think, something like eight cups one day. And it was a huge wake up call for me because I, I literally, I paid a lot of money for emergency room bills, um, but made me realize that um, I needed to wean myself off of coffee. And so I went cold turkey off of coffee from that moment forward and turned to green tea and matcha because I was still, you know, tired and needed an energy boost to get through my my long work days. And my roommate was the one who really um, educated me about matcha at the time. Um, he was obsessed with matcha and had just come back from Japan. And uh, I learned a lot about kind of the benefits of caffeine and combining it with L-theanine, which is an amino acid that's found in green tea. And yeah, basically, during the pandemic, I realized, you know, I'm doing these workout classes and early in the morning, and I need a pre-workout snack. I've been drinking, you know, green tea, caffeine and matcha. Why not put some of that concentrated green tea extracts into these energy balls that I was making for myself as like a pre-workout snack? Because I also didn't like pre-workout drinks yeah. and powders. Um, they made my skin crawl. And so that's how Pups really started. I had no intention of turning it really into a business. Uh, but I just made something that I really needed myself and was eating every day and thought, hey, I think other people might want this. And so kind of hacked together a little Shopify site on my own. You, the The initial design was pretty janky uh, and just started talking to friends and family about it more. I'm a big caffeine person, so I can definitely resonate with your story of needing to be awake. I'm an early morning workout person as well. So I do think there's that you feel as if it's a need, even though I think our bodies could survive in other ways, but this is something that even I've thought about recently of kind of weaning off of caffeine because I do think there are side effects that at this point I'm probably immune to just because I'm so used to drinking it all the time that I think if I really took a hard look, I would probably be less anxious or not as you know, so high energy all the time. When you were in that corporate world, I think there's a lot of people out there that resonate with that. And that's where they are now. And they're wanting to move into something that they're passionate about. You touched on a little bit at the beginning, how you always were that fitness person, always looking for healthy foods and doing the early workout class. What piece of advice would you give as you're looking back now, that girl that's in the corporate world struggling to go after maybe a calling inside of them or something that they're more passionate about? Ooh, that's a great question. That was definitely a bit of a challenge for me and making the decision. So I'm actually working on Puffs full time now. I, when I started it, was doing it part time in addition to my day job and realized, you know, I really need to put pedal to the metal and, and really want to grow this as fast as I can. So I went full time with Puffs a little over six months ago and it's been such a great decision. I've never got, um, but it took a lot to get to that kind of self-confidence um, and being able to actually make that choice. I think some advice I would give is really, you know, digging deep and understanding your own why for what it is you're doing, as opposed to maybe, you know, why you're doing what you're doing for other people, like your parents, society at large, you know. Um, I think a lot of times, when we really think kind of to the core of it, um, 
a lot of what really drives us um, might also be at odds with maybe what we perceive others to expect of us. And that might, you know, instill a bit of fear in making those decisions. Um, and I think also some advice I'd have is just, just start out. It doesn't have to be perfect. I think there's a saying out there that, you know, if, if you wait until it's perfect, it's, you've kind of waited too long or something like that. And so the first iteration of puffs was really ugly. (laughs) (laughs) The packaging design, everything, the product itself. I like, I've, you know, we've had multiple recipe iterations since then, packaging changes, website updates, and you just kind of have to learn and iterate as you go and get that feedback as, as quickly as you can from customers Um, But if you never start, then you'll never be able to get that feedback and you'll always kind of be spinning your wheels and hoping that, you know, one day you'll, you'll make that jump. So I definitely encourage friends who have um, ideas to just go after it. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But kind of that, that biggest fear for me is not making that, that leap and and seeing how it could turn out. We touch a lot on fears and overcoming those obstacles in your life. And I think you touched on a huge point, which is something that I deal with now and it's something that I feel like through my meditation is expectation versus reality like this expectation that people have versus the reality that you're trying to create was there a moment a person or a thing that helped you gain the confidence to close that gap and really go after what you wanted Ooh, yes I would really think my therapist and my boyfriend for really pushing me to kind of go after my dreams. Uh, I think when reflecting back on kind of making that decision to go full time with Puffs and even just starting out um, the brand itself, I realized I had a lot of kind of instilled fear of failure um, or of deviate fear of deviating from, I guess, the conventional career path that I was kind of raised to follow. Um, because, you know, I, I have immigrant parents who came to the U.S. from China wanting to create better opportunities for their kids. And for them, that was always kind of more s- standard conventional paths of com- like kind of growing up and becoming a doctor or a lawyer and when I went into finance, they were kind of like, that's great. That's the standard path. And yeah. then once I started, you know, kind of questioning that and um, voicing, voicing those concerns to them, they were kind of like, oh, hold on. Like that, we're not familiar with this. You know, we're software engineers who that's all, that's all we've known. And that's all we've known career-wise is for you to grow up through finance. And so it was really helpful to talk it through with kind of a third party with kind of my therapist on the one hand who I just, I think I'm a huge proponent of therapy. I think everyone could really benefit. um, And having that kind of um, weekly touch base to chat through where I was mentally. um, And then also uh, really getting that support from my partner, from my boyfriend who has been an entrepreneur for all of his professional life. And so he kind of contrary to a lot of my friends and family has never had that kind of corporate America experience. And so that's been beneficial to kind of chat through a lot of my fears with him and realize, you know, which of those are are kind of just in my head and aren't actual like real, like I think a lot of my initial fears were, you know, fear of financial stability and, um, you know, fear of falling off a corporate ladder. But at the end of the day, if 
the corporate ladder isn't what the ladder I want to climb up at all. Like, what? Why would that be a real fear? And the financial stability piece, obviously, if you're maybe first starting out in your career and don't have as much um, financial savings, that's more of a real um, concern. But now, having I've you know been working for seven or eight years now and have a good amount of savings, and so realistically, it's it's not that big of a concern at this point in time. And so being able to talk through all of that with the two of them was really helpful. Surrounding yourself with the right group of people. And it's funny because I hear stories on both sides of kind of similar to yours. My family was there kind of holding me back or they were the ones pushing me and then significant others. Maybe they were holding them back a little bit. And I think it's extremely important to obviously surround yourself with people that understand or at least try to empathize with where you're coming from. And that's something that I set an intention this year to find more like-minded people. And I know you and I talked about this uh, on a previous conversation. You mentioned to me previously that you had a mentor or someone of that sense in San Francisco when you were living out there. And I loved what you said that they had San Francisco kind of gave you this sense of optimism. I want you to elaborate a little bit more on that story because I think it's super inspiring and super important for young people who want to pursue something more. Yes, definitely. So like I mentioned, I've been passionate about health and wellness and surrounded by it for a good amount of my life, but didn't have the idea for puffs until a few years ago. Um, when I was in San Francisco, I was working my tech job and I really enjoyed it at the time, but had this kind of nagging kind of urge to start this food business on the side. I know I've no experience in food, don't know anyone who's ever worked in the food industry. And so I really had no idea how to get started other than tinkering around in my own kitchen. But I thought, you know, what would be an ideal place that I'd want to sell my products in? And I immediately thought of Equinox gyms, which are uh, these kind of high-end gyms in um, across the US. I think they're mostly in kind of bigger cities. And I decided to go to one of the cafes in San Francisco and ask them, the Equinox cafes, and ask them to connect me with the owner of the cafe, just so I could kind of learn more about how they sourced, you know, the products that they carried. And the first time I asked, I remember someone behind the counter being like, uh, like maybe maybe try again another time. And they were kind of like this, like why are you, why are you asking for this information? Like this kind of weird. And I I am nothing if not persistent. And so I went back Love a that. few more times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and eventually, someone gave me her email address, um, and I just shot her a quick email and said, "Hey, I am um, thinking like interested in starting a food business and." would love to learn more about the industry from someone who kind of is in it day to day. And she was so kind, responded immediately and offered to meet in person. This is pre-pandemic, offered to meet in person. And when we met, she kind of treated me to lunch at the cafe and shared a lot about her own journey. She's been in the food industry and the health food industry for over 25 years uh, and actually sourced all of the, the products that all of the Equinox cafes, the Earth Bar cafes carried um, along the West Coast. And at the end of the conversation, she asked me, you know, what my idea was. And I kind of quickly 
threw it out at her, not really anticipating anything of it. And she offered unsolicited to mentor me through the process, which I was just so blown away by and beyond grateful for because I was like, I'm like a fish out of water here. And so that was just an incredible experience um, working with her. We would chat every couple of weeks or so. And I would just kind of bounce ideas off of her on how I was thinking about, you know, the packaging and some of the key ingredients. And she would kind of give me her insights that she was seeing in the industry in terms of um, new trends she was seeing out of health food products. At the time, it was when, you know, like ashwagandha and all those types of um, adaptogens were, were newly introduced. And so it was it was, I felt like I learned so much every single phone call we had. She had obviously like kind of no incentive to really help me, but she was just such a kind person and soul. And it really taught me that at the end of the day, you know, people want to work with good people and I'm just beyond grateful. Uh, we haven't touched base in the past year or so since I moved to Austin, but um, at the time before I moved, she had um, kind of gone on to start her own consulting business too. Um, kind of consulting other young entrepreneurs. So I, I'm excited to touch base with her and see how things are and share with her about the Puff's journey now. That's so incredible. And it's funny because <clears throat> I've said this in previous episodes. So if you're just tuning in for the first time, but it's funny when you, a lot of people, their initial fear is asking someone and you would be shocked at how many people are willing to go out of their way to help you. And it's kind of contrary to popular belief because I think we're like, oh, we're asking for too much or they're going to think I'm annoying. And you might have those initial people that are blowing you off, but those people are usually not the people that you need to be talking to anyways. I have yet to have someone that hasn't wanted to help me or like at least shed some sort of light that's had some sort of success. Usually it's the people who aren't where they want to be or everyone's different, but I think it's a super powerful story. And yet just another example that when you put yourself out there, you never know who you're going to run into by simply just walking into an Equinox Earth Bar. I know we have those here in Dallas. So if you're listening to this in Dallas, and you want to get in the food business, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just keep, keep approaching the bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I completely believe in the concept of, um, of rising tide lifts all boats. Elaborate. I, I've never heard that so, before. Oh, okay. So I think there's, there's a, there are, you know, certain beliefs and kind of how the world operates. And there are some folks who believe that maybe the pie is kind of, there's a fixed pie and, you know, each person can only have a certain amount of that pie. And so from a competition standpoint, that's kind of, it's like almost like negative where if you get into a store that I can't get into that store type, some, something like that, yeah. um, because there's only limited shelf space. And that, that is true. But my thought of a rising tide lifts all boats is that if you assume that a pie is actually not fixed and the, you can actually grow that pie, um, and there is room on the shelf for all of us, uh, then kind of you have more of this growth mentality and less of that kind of closed off mentality. And so um, to me, that means, you know, whenever I meet other food founders or even kind of peers who might be a bit more competitive, I try not to think of it as, you know, it's a me versus you type thing. It's a more of, I think of it more as, we're trying to, we're all trying to grow here and trying to help each other out along the way. And 
that's something that I've really gotten out of the Austin food and beverage community. I think the CPG community Austin in Austin is absolutely incredible and special. Um, folks really value kind of locally founded brands. And I know that's how we got connected yeah. through Audrey too, is that we have kind of a close-knit group of friends who have all started food and beverage brands and we're all at similar stages, but we don't ever kind of view it as a competitive environment. It's more so, hey, we're all trying to figure it out and we all have our own unique methods in which we're trying to figure it out. But if we can help each other along the way, let's do so. I'm obsessed with that, with that you just said that and I'm stealing that. That I've never heard that before. Spider, have you heard that before? Oh yeah. I think that was a John F. Kennedy saying. Oh, what the hell? I've never heard Credit that. Credit to before. John F. Kennedy. That is genius. That one is going on on Instagram, folks. If you don't follow me on Instagram. Now, I love, where did that come from? I'm not sure. I listen to a lot of kind of business podcasts, self-improvement podcasts. So I'm sure somewhere along the way, I picked that up. Have you always been someone that is into mindset, mindfulness type of practices? I would say so. Not necessarily in the sense that I'm, you know, actively trying to kind of share all of these practices with other people. It's more so I'm always just trying to learn and grow and expand my horizons. And I think personally, what drives me has never been kind of competing with other people. That almost kind of is a negative reinforcement for me where it doesn't encourage me to kind of try harder. I've always been someone who kind of really tries to focus on my own lane and really try and learn and grow as best I can myself. And I think because of that, kind of, I, I lean into some of these kind of mindset, growth, self-improvement, podcasts, books, et cetera. Wow. This is why we're going to be really good friends. I, I really like this. I, I like where your head's at. What advice would you give for people that are on the opposite side? that are in the scarcity. I think it's scarcity versus abundance yes. mindset, which you see a lot of. I think it's hard to shift from that scarcity mindset because I think we're kind of taught that in school versus the abundance. How would you carry someone from the competitive nature over into the, we can all succeed and there's room for everyone? That's an interesting question. I guess I, I would just recommend thinking about it from... I don't know if first principle standpoint is the way to approach it, but kind of at the baseline factual, you know, line, when you look at a, say for a food or beverage brand, for instance, there are so many snack brands out there and you might think food is such a saturated space. Why would I want to start a business in this, you know, space when it's so, there's so many different brands out there and I could never, you know, get discovered because it's so competitive. And I think the scarcity mindset view of it is that that would kind of lead you to never really starting or being almost like paranoid once you start that someone might copy you or a competitor might copy you type of a thing. But if you kind of kind of try to flip the script a little bit and think, okay, there will always be new and emerging beverage brands and trends will continue to evolve. And so there's always space for more. I think that allows you to just think a bit bigger and think that, you know, there is room for me 
Like why, why can't I have a seat at the table? Um, if I have, you know, an innovative product or a product that people let, really love, why not? Why not me? Um, so I guess it's kind of a, just on the mindset front, trying to flip that, that negativity a little bit. There's always problems in the world nothing's ever perfect. And so if you look at it from that perspective, it's like there's always going to be opportunity because nothing's ever going to be perfect. And I think that resonated with me because so many people are trying to achieve quote unquote perfection. And if you think about it, there's nothing in this world that is perfect. And so if it's never going to be perfect. There's always going to be a business opportunity. There's always something that needs to get improved. There's always something that can be better. And it's something that you see throughout our entire history. And so I think it's encouraging because I mean, even I've had people come to me like, oh, podcast is saturated. Why are you different? And sometimes it gets into your head, but I always just come back to no one else is me. And if it's meant to be, it'll be. And so I think it's just what you said, flipping the script and just realizing that there really truly is room for everyone. Yes. I could not agree more with everything you just said. I actually talk about that with my boyfriend a lot, both of those points you just mentioned. First, that if you view it as there's so many problems to be solved in this world still. So in that sense, the amount of opportunities to start something new is kind of, it's like infinite, right? Like we're, we're, we barely scratch the surface when it comes to all the potential companies and ideas that could come out um, of this world. Just think of like, you know, I'm drinking tea from this paper cup. Like, how can we innovate on this paper cup or something? Well, glad you agree with my statement. Um, When you launch any type of business, there's always failures that you have along the way or change of direction. Was there a specific failure that you've had that you look back on now that has paved the way for future success that you're willing to share? Ooh, interesting. I would say I have faced a ton of failure along the way <laughs> and will continue to. Um, and so just normalizing that first and foremost is that a lot of entrepreneurship is failing, but figuring out how to pivot from there or fix that. Uh, top of mind, back when I first started Puffs, so I had the the caffeinated concept already, but I also wanted it to be a high protein energy ball. I remember thinking like, if I could make an energy ball that was both caffeinated with green, like green tea caffeine and had 10 or 10 grams of protein per ball, like that would be epic. I could have like two balls. That's like 20, 20 grams. And I remember tinkering around with all different types of protein powders and different additives I could add in and vegan, you know, powders. And I was able to eventually get to that point. Um, but the product tasted so nasty. I couldn't down one of the balls myself. And so I just remember taking a step back and thinking, I would not feel comfortable putting something like this out there if I myself would not advocate for it. So like, let's revisit this and go back to the drawing board of why I'm starting this business and what it is I want to achieve. So that's kind of an initial thing of like failing before I even started almost. Uh, and something a bit more recent is um, for uh, the longest time, I would say, I don't know if toxic trait is the right way to put it, but I always describe it as my toxic trait is I think I can do everything. Oh. When in reality, like I, you know, yeah, time is finite. I and, am the worst yeah. <laughs> at that. It's crazy. I, um, I, 
I think it's also, you don't even necessarily realize it until you take a step back and reflect or like your friends and family kind of almost drop the, drop the tr- truth bomb on you. I was just going to um, ask, uh, I'm interrupting yeah. you, but I was just going to ask, no. how does that work in your relationship with your boyfriend? Because I find myself getting very defensive <laughs> if they try to offer help. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think actually when it comes to personal stuff, I'm much more readily like emotion driven when it comes to my initial reaction and defensive yeah. when it comes to business stuff that definitely still sometimes happens, but I try to see if it's, if the feedback he's giving me is kind of factual or not. Um, and so I, and usually it's, true and so I then end up like, <laughs> okay, like okay, okay, <laughs> yeah. but for instance um up until just a few weeks ago I was actually making all of our products myself out of a commercial kitchen in Austin and so I would basically clock in and you know work eight hour shifts in the evenings like after dinner until like two or three in the morning making cookies and brownies and balls and then in the morning, we wake up, package them up, ship them out, and then figure out, you know, marketing and sales and all of that stuff. And my boyfriend kind of calculated, you know, the, the hourly wage because we were talking with the manufacturer at the time too. And he was like, you're basically working like less than a minimum wage job right now doing this because of kind of the crazy hours that you're doing. And so that was almost like a reality check of, is, is this the best use of my time? No, definitely not. Um, and how can I be smarter with my time and resources? And so I'm super excited because we actually just onboarded with the manufacturer uh, who is producing all of our products, helping ship everything out. And that's been a huge growth lesson that probably should have happened earlier on. But you know, it's just hard when the business is your baby to know when to let go of things. Uh, so yeah, but that was something that was a definite need early, like as soon as possible. Um, and so that's something that has, has been, I would say a lesson learned or a failure, I guess, earlier on is not knowing when to let that go. What advice or what would you tell yourself if there's someone out there listening, that's going through that process of maybe it's letting go of a corporate job to go after something else, or maybe it's letting go of that initial step towards really growing and scaling a business. Yeah, when it comes to kind of letting go of the corporate job and taking a chance, I would say oftentimes we tend to think that our careers need to be like clearly like laid out. Like we have to have the plan, you know, laid out on how we're going to achieve success 20 years from now type of thing. But hopefully knock on wood, we're going to be alive and working for a long time and so our professional paths are going to wind and look different along the way. And so my general advice on that front is if you feel really strongly about this idea you have and want to take a chance on yourself to leave your corporate job and you have the kind of financial means to do so for some time, you know, trust your gut and and do it. Have kind of a, a timeline in mind uh, and know that if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Then at least you've tried and you can kind of go back on that corporate path, find another job. Um, and if it does work out, like, thank goodness you took that chance on yourself. Uh, and then when it comes to kind of growing and scaling a business, I think really being honest with yourself about where your skill sets are, where your true skill sets lie, um, is important because like, like we just said, you know, time is finite. 
you only have so much energy and time in the day to to kind of get stuff done. And so being able to leverage that to the best of your abilities and knowing where to kind of invest your resources and time to outsource things, find, you know, contract help, uh, sorry, not influencers, interns, um, things like that to kind of balance your plate load a bit better. Um, Try and figure those out as soon as you can. But at the end of the day, like if the, the earlier on you are in the business, the more hands-on you are with everything. And I think it's ultimately best as a business owner personally to know how everything is done um, at the beginning, because then you know how to fix things, you know, kind of the nuts and bolts. Um, and then over time, once you have the resources to do so, kind of letting go of some of that um, and trusting it to others and hiring people to the team and stuff like that. I feel as a lot of entrepreneurs have a sense of urgency that makes themselves successful in life and just that go-getter nature and that go-getter personality, which is definitely something you have. How do you balance that energy with balancing just patience and kind of trusting that things are going to unfold as they should? I think this is something that I navigate personally, so I'm asking strictly for myself, but I want you to shed light on your experience and how you do that personally. That is honestly one of the things that I try and work the most on myself um, is is staying in my own lane and staying focused on what it is I'm building, not kind of letting kind of the comparison trap make me feel like I'm kind of behind and also making sure I'm really taking care of my mental, physical, and emotional health. Um, and so balance to me doesn't mean kind of a, you know, 50, 50 balance of work and life. I think at any given time, it's, it's the concept of kind of work, the work-life integration thing of, you know, at any given time, something might take a bit more of a priority. Um, right now from at this stage of my life, my business is more of my priority. So it takes up more of my time and energy and I might work kind of wonky hours and on weekends. Um, but making sure that I still make time for my loved ones because they're core to who I am, making sure I'm making time for to take care of my mental and emotional well-being um, through meditation, through therapy, um, going on, I try to go for a morning walk every day um, to really kind of make sure I start the day off on a good note. I try to journal every day if I can and write down kind of things I'm grateful for because it's so easy to let kind of the day just fly by and and not be kind of reflective. Um, because if I'm not bringing my best self into my day-to-day, then I'm definitely not being the best business owner um, and making the best decisions out there. When you feel that you're going through a more challenging phase in business or life, you kind of just gave a few examples, but I'm always curious, what are some tactical things that you would advise people, whether they're going through burnout or they're just going through a challenging time in their life? Ooh, that's a tricky one. I would say in general, if you can, I highly recommend creating um having things to look forward to that will kind of almost force you to step away from the business and take a breather. I actually learned that the hard way earlier this year. I was working 
a lot to the point where the first thought I had in the morning was about power-up foods. The last thought I had at night before I went to sleep was power-up foods. I was having dreams about the business. Like it was so all-encompassing. And I think a lot of business owners can, can you know, relate and didn't realize that was probably on the way to burnout um, until I went on this girl's trip to Mexico City that we had planned actually like half a year ago. And I was able to like actually kind of step step away from the business for a few days. And it was such kind of a breath of fresh air and made me realize that I need to have some of these kind of forced, almost like breaks more um, because there's more to life than, you know, your business, even though it might not feel that way. <laughs> um, and if you're, if that's all you're kind of living and breathing in the day to day, it's very easy to let that be all consuming. Um, so yeah, for me, it's, even if it's a small, if it's a small day trip, if it's kind of a date night, like whatever it is, having those things to look forward to, I think helps a lot. What's one thing that your relationship, your current partnership has taught you about entrepreneurship that you don't think you would have learned if it wasn't for him? Ooh. I think the importance of remaining even killed is something I've learned from him and have also been trying to implement myself. And so when I, when I say that, I mean, I think it's so easy. And I think also a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to this for a win. Like if I were to get an exciting retail or wholesale, you know, customer, I'm riding on cloud nine, like like, so ecstatic. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like screaming from the rooftops and then 15 minutes later, I might get an email from my manufacturer saying, Hey, we just ran out of stock of our cookies. And with, you know, supply and chain issues, we won't be able to restock it for another month or so, something like that. Like it can go from super high highs to super low lows in a matter of minutes sometimes. And I feel like every day is there's like some version of that. And so what I'm trying to learn myself and what I've learned a lot from my partner is to really not let any of those highs and lows sway you too much either way. I think for for some people, they were kind of try to lean heavily into kind of stoicism. And so that's something that I'm trying to read up more about and educate myself on because I am naturally a more kind of emotion, emotional person. And so it it kind of it's it's a lot to kind of have that roller coaster of emotions in, in any given day. So trying to remain more more even keeled so that nothing will will phase me too much either way. It's so ironic, I swear, the things that I think about the day that I come into or an interview is exactly what we talk about in the interview. And it's just the universe being like, Aaron, this is exactly what you needed to fucking hear. I swear, like I was thinking about this earlier because it's just, it's one thing after another or you go from like, things are going well and then someone does something that makes you mad and it's like just staying even. And I think it's hard because there's this passion. And this like excitement yes. for life and this passion for your business that it's hard not to be emotionally involved in it. And it's funny because I feel like, and I, I like to think I'm a pretty logical person, but there's some things I get super into and they're, and I mean, I have a mentor and even people work that, Aaron, it's totally fine. There's no need to react. And I'm like, how are you not reacting? Like I get <laughs> reactive because they're not. And it's just like, it's so, I maybe it's just a guy thing. Like, I don't know if they're naturally just more logical and they don't have those up and downs, but. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think it, it definitely depends a lot on kind of the, the person's kind of natural upbringing and, and things like that. But yeah, and honestly, like there's nothing wrong with being yeah. emotional. Like that, the world runs on human emotion. Um, but yeah, being able to try to kind of control that a little bit so that you're not kind of literally feeling this like roller coaster all the time, I think yeah. is it's probably a bit healthier overall. It's such a journey and now I'm in the space of coaching and I now see the importance of having an executive coach when you're a founder, just having someone that you can talk to because as I'm sure you can agree with, it's hard to find like-minded people. You're super lucky that you have a significant other you know, within calling distance and I have a mentor, but I always think back and I tell everyone like, so important to find someone that can empathize with what you're going through because it is an experience unlike any other. And I think it's easy for people to give advice or give feedback. And it's like, unless you're really going through it, I think it's hard for 90% of the population to resonate with the journeys and the challenges that come with being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. It's, it, it's a whirlwind when you, yeah. So you're about to, what, a year and a half into building Puffs. Where do you see this business over the next three to five years? Where would you like to see it manifest into? Oh my gosh, I have such a big vision. I and love that. <laughs> I try to I try to not kind of I try to bring myself down to the day to day because that's kind of ultimately where you need to be and and operating. But um, in terms of where we are now and where we kind of I'd hope to grow the business, currently, like we mentioned, we have caffeinated snacks, cookies, brownies, and energy bites made with green tea, caffeine. They're vegan, gluten-free, and free of refined sugar. And each kind of pack or serving has as much caffeine as a small cup of coffee. Um, but it gives you kind of that sustained energy without the jittery feeling that you might get from having kind of a cup of coffee. Um, and so currently, I would say the kind of near-term vision is we're reimagining energy and how we consume it. Because a lot of times when we think about you know, feeling tired, need to get energy. I think we often think of it in the form of coffee or an energy drink mm -hmm. and nothing wrong with, with those like feel like at all, but this is kind of a great coffee alternative or energy drink alternative made with good for you ingredients that are all recognizable. So we hope to expand upon those flavor offerings later this year. And then more broadly thinking about power up foods as a brand just want to create delicious products to help power you through your day without compromising on taste or quality. And so could see that kind of expanding beyond just the caffeine kind of functional benefit to other areas. Um, I had a customer whose husband was like, Hey, I really love your brownies and I just want to eat them at night, but I can't like, because I have caffeine. What if you made, you know, a melatonin, uh, melatonin like brownie. Right. And like, I think that kind of got the wheel spinning of what are other functional benefits that we can get out of just delicious, good for you food um, and doing it in a way that's unique to us. So have tons of plans for that later on this year. Uh, and in terms of kind of growth, really trying to grow on the kind of direct to consumer side, because I just love connecting with customers as kind of directly as I can. I have some regular touch bases with regular customers who subscribe um and we just like chat on the phone or video call to get their feedback and it just like it's a human relationship yeah. business right like we just want to make food and products that people love and enjoy and want and want more of um and then 
we're seeing great traction on the wholesale side with um, kind of subscription boxes and getting kind of brand awareness to customers that way, as well as um, getting into some of these like fun tech offices that just have employees who are in need of, you know, an energy boost in the middle of the afternoon. And so why not now they'll, they'll have them in their, you know, micro kitchens in the offices. So trying to get into more of those later this year and um, and in tandem growing on the retail side as well. Yeah. Just everything all at once, basically. <laughs> <gasps> That's literally me. I got it. The sky's the limit and I need to get there exactly. tomorrow. There's no, there's no <laughs> runway. We got a short one way here. That is, yeah. I am the most impatient. Yep. Yeah, I can definitely agree with you there. <laughs> I have two more questions for you. The next one, I want you to answer it both personally and professionally. It's entrepreneurship has taught you blank. Okay, that's great. Um, So personally, entrepreneurship has taught me a lot of self-confidence and it, I've always viewed myself as someone who's fairly confident in myself um, when it comes to speaking up, asking questions. But I think entrepreneurship is this whole other wild, wild west ballgame where you just don't really know what you don't know. And so to kind of I'm like the face of the brand on our TikToks and things like that, just putting myself out there in ways that feel uncomfortable, that's really stretched me and made me a lot more confident overall of who I am, what I stand for, what our brand stands for, et cetera. Um, And so that's something that I feel really passionate about is encouraging other female entrepreneurs, especially to um, kind of go after it and in person kind of just to to grow. Um, And then professionally, entrepreneurship has taught me that there's no right way to do things. Um, And I think that's something that I never really thought of in the past. Uh, I used to, I guess, be ingrained in the more traditional career path of, you know, work at this place for a couple of years, get promoted, eventually get your boss's 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 job, you know, later on down the road. And something I find so refreshing about entrepreneurship And something that we had touched on back about uh, when I was living in San Francisco is that there is no right way. There's no right, one right path. And when you meet other entrepreneurs, you learn that, that everyone's kind of approaching it in their own unique way. Um, And that's kind of the beauty of it. And something that I really appreciate about um, the Bay Area is that there's kind of this um, pervasive sense of optimism that like anything is possible and just try it out if you have this idea. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but at least you tried it out. And that's something that I really, I, I just look forward to chatting with folks about their ideas and, and what's possible. It's, it's all about the people that you surround yourself with. And I think it's such a common theme that when you're you can have an idea, but if you're not in the right environment, it's exactly what my mentor says it's going to be hard to grow it. But when you're with the right people, you have the right leaders around you, it's right time, right place. Truly, the sky is a limit. So absolutely. I love that. And then I want you to pimp yourself out. So where can people find you? Where can they try the product? Hit it. Hit us yeah. with the info, <laughs> rather. <laughs> you can find Power Up Foods or Puffs on our website, Power Up 
powerupfoods.com. Okay. We also have an Instagram and TikTok. It's just powerupfoods. Uh, and I personally also have kind of an Instagram and TikTok where I talk a lot about business growth and day in the life as a food founder. It's just Eileen underscore Chen. I will put all of that in the show notes. Maybe you'll catch her dancing on the good old TikTok. You know what I mean? And all the all the TikTok <laughs> trends out there. You know, <laughs> oh, I'm the worst dancer there ever was. So I will not be dancing. Oh me! <laughs> I'm like the sprinkler. Okay, I'm so bad. It's atrocious. Anyways, the final question that I ask every single person that comes on this podcast is, Eileen, what are you grateful for today? I am very grateful to have the privilege to pursue my passions. I think that's something that I was reflecting a lot on earlier this week as I was preparing for our call. I was spending time with my parents at home in San Diego and it just, I'm just very grateful for all of the sacrifices they've gone through to get to where we are now and for me to have that ability to work on my dream. Oh, that was such a good one. Wow. And I'm gonna. No, I'm not gonna steal hers. She's really hitting us with the with the good info today, Spider. Uh, he's laughing at me. Um, I am going to say, I'm grateful for my parents too. I think I was home seeing them this past week, and they've always supported me in every single crazy idea that I've ever had. And even if I want to move across the country or I want to start a new business or whatever it is, they just nod their head and say yeah. So I'm gonna build a little bit off of yours. I think it's something that I probably take for granted more often than I should. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. This was an incredible conversation. You're very insightful. Oh, thank you so much for inviting (laughs) me, Erin. This is such a great conversation.